Hi, everyone. Welcome. This is Jackie Janik from Beyond Small Talk. And today is our second bonus episode, bonus episode number two with Vidya Ramachandran. And she was on episode two, season number two, and we were talking about school goals. So I'm going to bring her back on and we're going to continue on that conversation on soul goals. Again, this is Jackie Janik. I'm a women's empowerment coach helping women uncover their purpose and define their own path in the world. This is Beyond Small Talk, bonus episode number two, only on your favorite pod. So you can only get it on here. You can't get it on IG like our other episodes. Anyway, let's bring Vidya on. And here she comes. Hey, Vidya. So excited to be back. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me again on our second bonus episode. I had to have you back on our soul goals. I think everyone I showed Vidya that, um, and I'm holding up and obviously we can't see you know, you guys can't see us, but she has this awesome workbook that she shared during her um, IG live episode number two. Again, it's the soul goals workbook. And where can we get that? So there is a short link um, that you can type in to get that. And that is bitly. So B-I-T dot L-Y backslash soul goals workbook that's so easy and i'll include it for everybody on here and it's also on the ig episode number two you can find it there too so everyone go get your workbook download soul goals and we can get started so let's recap a little bit video if that's okay with you to go over again what is your soul goal yes so soul goals really what i find to be soul goals are goals that are truly aligned to you. So not goals that you feel like you should be creating or meeting, Um, not goals that, you know, that you're struggling, that you're really like, oh my God, the process of getting to this goal is really um, exhausting or um, feels like it just, you're sluggishly trying to go after, right? So these are goals that excite you, something that you're curious about, something that you've been wanting to explore, something that is going to bring more joy and you know fulfillment into your life. And so you're really picking goals that are truly aligned to your soul. I mean, it makes total sense. And I like how you started out to remind everybody, soul goals, or what aligns to your soul. Like that feels so much better. And I've always taken what you said in the past about do your souls feel like, how does it feel in your body? Like to pay attention about how it feels in your body. And some days when I'm driving to my day job, you come into my head (laughs) while I'm in my car on I-95 going north, northbound to Connecticut. And I'm like, I could feel it in my body, like literally the energy it feels like the blood just goes bleh through my whole body and I'm like video would say I'm not going towards my soul goal right now yeah yeah is that no, a good example of that not is a, a soul great goal? example <laughs> because that was a lot of you know when I similar story of when I lived in Philly and I was commuting on the train to Wilmington Delaware for work mm. for two and a half three years like the same just running to get that train and sitting on that train and the energy you feel going versus coming back. Oh, yes. Is it expansive or is it constricted or con- I guess? Yeah. Constricted is the word I use, yeah. but, but that's a great way to measure if, if you're following something that is 
truly aligned. That makes a good sense. Does their energy like expand or contract? Because it's funny, even yesterday I had Monday night was like a crappy sleep or whatever, whatever. And I was going to work again. It everything falling out of my body, like the blood just drained. And then I got home and it was like 6.30 and I was like, oh, I feel like a second wind. And the second wind was really because I was more aligned with my purpose and what I would want to do instead of, you know, should do. And I like how you talked about should do. I think we should all really get clear and okay to voice. And that's why I, I, I started Beyond Small Talk that we identify our shoulds, like what's your should in your life versus what you really want and desire and what brings you joy. Because should, like should get married, should have babies, should be in this job that looks like this, should live in like certain things. Like should is just so tiring. Yes. Yes. And think about if you were back in high school, because for me, for example, I was a, I have a chemistry degree from my undergrad and I knew I, and I use a story a lot. Like I knew it was not, I felt the constriction every time I walked into a lab and still I kept going. Like, and if I had continued with what I thought I should be doing, who knows where I'd be? Like, I'd probably be very miserable working in a chem lab or something like that somewhere where it's really about breaking away. And a lot of those shoulds come from, um, you know, society, from familial expectations mm -hmm. and pressure, from academic pressure, you know, just peer pressure sometimes of like, if so, or comparison, if someone's doing this, I should do it too. Yeah. How did you get into chemistry? I, I don't see that, but how did that happen? Like, how did that happen? I, um, the one thing I was very clear on from the time I was little is that I was not going to be a physician uh, like my father, because I was terrified of blood oh. and <laughs> body parts grossed me out. And, <laughs> and um, like anything to do with eyes would like freak me out. And so I thought for me, like, you know, and especially coming um, from a family of immigrants who are not used to the broad, um, you know, level of options that we have when we go to college, right? So, so where my parents came from, by 10th grade, you pretty much knew what direction you were going in. Mm. And so for me, not also having been exposed to like, what are some of these subjects and what could these jobs be? I went into my junior, senior year of high school, pretty much thinking, well, I need to, if I'm not going to be a doctor, I need to be a scientist. Um, and if I, you know, I didn't like biology because like I said, <laughs> you don't like body out. parts and eyes, bro, sure. Um, and I didn't like physics randomly because, um, I think it was like the, like the, the way the, the, the class was held or whatever. So, um, I went into my senior year in high school, having taken one chemistry class, which our school was going under a renovation. So we didn't even have a lab. So no lab, oh. <laughs> just textbook and said, I was going to be a chemistry major. And, um, that's how, yeah, that's how I picked my major looking back a lot of it was like, I love language, but what would I do with a language degree? Like how mm -hmm. not, understanding that there were ways that I could still pursue some of these things and create a career that I enjoyed out of it, but rather thinking like, okay, these are my two or three options and by process of elimination. <laughs> yeah. And I think because both of us are in the same 
age brackets, right? That within that brackets, we just only saw certain paths. Like I was a business major. I got my BBA. What did that look like? You know, I think these other type of degrees or skills acquiring in college at that time for us, we didn't see like 20 years down the road, right? Because I, it's really hysterical when I talk to newbies in work, you know, the people coming out of college or they're like 24, 25, that one of them didn't know what a floppy disk was. They're like, what is that? I was like, oh my God. I said, then I said, I guess you have no idea what a Dewey Decimal System is, do you? Right. And they're like, what? You know, like all these things that I was like, so it just, I think it just shows that um, with technology, things just advance like so much quicker, like exponentially than when we were growing up and had to literally go to a library and go through the, you know, remember the cards? Oh, <laughs> I yes. had to do that. I didn't go, I didn't go to the library because I was like, this is the most annoying system in the world. You can never find anything, right? So I just never went. And then I, I remembered when Google came out, I was like, oh my God, this is like the best thing in life. Yeah, no, I actually worked in a library, pub, the public library where my college was all four years of basically all four years of college. So you know how to find I stuff. Love, I knew how to shelve books according to the Dewey Decimal System. You knew it. Yeah. But that also goes to show, right? Like as experiences change and as we're exposed to new things, like it's perfectly natural that our, our goals change and that what, you know, what really resonates with us changes, right? Like if I had the level of, and you can tell me if this is the same for you, if I had the same level of exposure now back then, I think I would have been able to say, no, chemistry is not for me. Let me think about what else is for me and explore that. And so, yeah, it's hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I started out as accounting. I mm. do. Uh, I, no, I'm not a big fan of numbers. I went to accounting two class number two. I said mm. this, I hate it, hated it. And yeah, I would have pursued um, quite a different um, journey. I mean, you know, I learned a lot from my journey, but I definitely, you're right. I would have pursued something a bit more uh, a d- different just different. I, I remember saying that I want to be like this badass woman who wears the suit and walks around the city and like is in boardrooms and a Miss Independent, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's all I wanted to be. And then when I started to get like that independence and, you know, like late twenties, early thirties, before I started this personal growth and development journey, I was like, independence sucks. Like it's so much work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then I figured out through personal growth and development that I, I preach a lot about interdependence, you know, interdependence, not independence, because it's just too much work. And like, I need a community. I need support. Yes. I want others to work with me to help lift me up and raise me up. I don't want to do it all on my own. Exactly. Exactly. And we definitely need that. That is, that is one of the most important things I will say through the periods of my life where um, I have found that really keep me going, especially when you're struggling with something on your own 
is the, uh, the community around us. So I'm very fortunate in that I have a really good community for my undergrad. Uh, and even if it's people I did not go to school with, just having that as my alma mater has given me a good sense of community. And then through my personal development work, I mean, that's how we met, obviously, yeah. right? We have our community. And, um, and just, you know, to think that are we stepped into that community like 20 for me it was 2012 so almost 10 years nine years ago this summer and yeah we're still in community together <laughs> right uh bond is almost 11 years yeah mine like 10 and a half almost 11 years and um that he's referring to a women's empowerment group and that we were in at different times taking the courses but yet crossing our paths and yeah, yeah and it was one of the greatest decisions and i still remember making that decision and why um sharing that community, especially of like-minded women, of where you feel like you just felt good, right? Like you just felt accepted and you just felt seen and heard. And I like being like lovingly stretched and like yeah. called out on my bullshit. I was yeah. like, touche, bullshit is called. Thank you. Like, like, but it just felt so um, like in a warm, wanting me to succeed way for sometimes, you know, people critique you like my mother. Ver <laughs> I hope she listens to this one too, because she critiques me. And, but from a place of like fear or coming from a place of fear, right? Does that make yes. sense where people, yeah. So um, anyway, so going on our soul goals, I love this and I love mine that I work on them. And I like that you said to let them evolve. Like maybe even when we spoke, you know, mid-January, you may have your soul goal then. And over the past two months, um, things may have changed, things shift, things evolve. So um, if you have a new soul goal, that's great too right? Um, we can go on from there. So we wanted to pick Vidya's brain and get like one little extra little tidbit out of her. And uh, I also will get that we'll get that tidbit out of this story, I feel. So I don't know if you all follow because we asked you go follow her on IG and her um, tag handle, I'm sorry, her handle is video.r.warrior. We'll include that here too. She just posted the most adorable little childhood picture of herself. <laughs> you have to see how cute you are. Like you really just like this little girl you just want to squeeze. Yes. So can you share a bit more of that story? What is that story? Yes. So it's very interesting because I had been thinking recently, how, you know, when in my life have I really stood for something that I believed in? And this story, I came across this picture and it, it brought to mind this story. And so what it was is when I was really little, we had this, um, this dining uh, kitchen table set where the chairs were swivel chairs. And they felt like little, what now I guess like vintage loungy type chairs. I don't know, you'll have to check the picture out to <laughs> get what I mean. Um, and over time, the chairs, you know, they fell apart and there was one chair left. And it used to be my, you know, for me, I was like, I always wanted to sit in that chair. I wanted to be able to swivel. And one day my sister who's younger than me and I were, you know, probably disagreeing about it and uh, who get about who gets to sit in that chair. And I remember very clearly my mom saying, now, obviously this is translated into English, but <laughs> it was very much, it doesn't have your name on it. 
you know, stop arguing. This chair does not have your name on it. So I got this bright idea that if this is my chair and I'm owning it or to the, you know, the younger version of me's understanding of owning it, um, it needs to have my name on it. And so I went and took a pen and actually like wrote my name on the back of my chair. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking, you know, like, obviously my parents were Yeah. (laughs) You're writing in our furniture. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I could always say like, you told me it didn't have my name on it. Well, now it does. That's great. So, but, but thinking back, like I was thinking like, have I ever with such conviction knew that something was mine and that it was meant for me and that I was going to go after it. Right. And so that is where that story spoke to me. And I thought it would resonate with other people because in a way it's like that, that when we're children before we're programmed with all of this stuff, that's when we're most likely to, if we think something, we're going to stick with it, stand by it and own it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to post that and share that story because I thought it might inspire or remind us of that, you know, like that energy of when we, before we were program filtered, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, remind all of us that we have that in it, in us, like yeah. intuitively we have that knowing and that conviction and how to bring that out now as adults, how to rebring it out like how to remember that like you're really helping us all remember what intuitively we have and how powerful it can be if we tap back into that shit like hello I love little you (laughs) little Miss Vidya thing writing her name and being like this is mine and like you probably literally believed hardcore this is all mine (laughs) oh yeah that was my chair I that was the one thing I knew was that was my chair (laughs) the one thing you knew it's like how about if you said that now like the one thing I know today is that I'm meant to be or do or I'm meant to be I'm meant to be this like I'm meant to be seen and heard and imagine the power or the result or the progress along the journey if you had that conviction Yes. And you put, yeah, that conviction, that level of focus, um, determination and so many, uh, skills in that story too. Like you had the thought process and the skill, like, Hey, let me go get a pen. Literally write my name on it. Like that took, took, you know, strategy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it all. That was so cute. So thank you for sharing that and posting that. Cause I think that's very inspiring just to help us remember who we are you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's so important to remember, come back to who we are. Coming back home to who we are. Yeah, exactly. And one last little tidbit, we're going to get, as I mentioned, because that story, we just had to hear that from you, like directly from you, not just read it because it was just so cute. But also in that part, you talked about this thing called the gap. Can you um, tell us a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's the next step of after the workbook. What does it look like next? Yes. So, so this is basically a strategy that um, I used back in my strategy development days when I, when I worked in consulting and also in, you know, corporate. Um, and it's really about, you know, you know where you are right now. That's your current state. It's pretty, you know, you can take stock of where you are in different parts of your life right now. Your ideal 
is what you want to be doing, what you want to be living. So that in terms of soul goals is your goal, right? Your ideal, what is your ideal goal that you want to reach? And then the gap is the juicy part in the middle where you don't have everything mapped out, but you get to figure out what that map is. Like you get to decide how you are going to fill that gap and get from your current state over to your ideal state. And so that is how in terms of, you know, if we're tying it back to soul goals, it's in terms of what are the steps you need to take to get to that goal? Once you've decided this is a goal that is aligned to you. Um, and in terms of, you know, from coaching, that's where, that's where coaches, you know, can really step in, whether it's an athletic coach or a coach like us, you know, where it's like, we're there to help you, support you, keep you accountable to navigate this Actually, I've heard someone else talk about it in terms of if your ideal state is an island, you know, out there, like the coat, you know, as coaches, we help you get to that island, right? right? So that to me is what part of that gap is, is we help you. Um, we can, you can, you know, you can figure it out yourself. You can get the steps yourself, but then you get that added benefit uh, in working with a court coach and having that support. Yeah, for sure. Because I think a lot of people, again, if you, I think we intuitively know this is why I love, love coaching. It's because the coachee, the, you know, person getting coach, they bring the content, right? It's not like a therapy or things like that. I love coaching because you say present, curious, you ask the question and it provokes them, yet they have all the content within them. They have it. So if anybody really sat down and was like, okay, how do I get from A to B? And I like your example of like, if you're on this island and need to get to this island, are you going to swim? Are you going to build a boat? Maybe, I don't know, charter a plane. I don't know what you got. You know, like, what are your resources? Do you got millions of dollars buried and you could go get a plane? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yet where coaches have this added value and benefit is that we hold you accountable. We support in a loving way. And I think you and I both know the level of support and how much you can stretch a person mm -hmm. on where they still feel good and happy about their goals or their soul goals of getting there, but they see movements. I think that's where a lot of people, my husband's a trainer, like half the time, if he's not in the gym with me, don't tell him, I don't do as much. <laughs> yeah. As if he's standing over me and he still counts. Like that's only yeah. nine, I said 10, I'm like, whatever <laughs> but see to the point so it's like um yes we can coaches help on the also strategy building and things like that or planning your smart goals so like, we help on all that but I really feel that where the added benefit is the total accountability and the loving support to stretch yes. people beyond what they think they can do and sometimes making a link back to something like I just had a really yeah. powerful moment with a client yesterday where we were talking through, you know, where her edges and what some fears were coming up for her. And she was able to connect it back to an experience like 15 years ago mm. and say that, realize that, okay, she's at that same place in a different, completely different context, but at that same like precipice that she was on 15 years ago and make that link. And just from asking a couple, like me asking a couple questions, she was able to get there herself and be like, oh, Yes. yes. Now this connects and I can use 
how I, you know, the, the positive ways I approach that for this as well. And, and so there's that, yeah, the support, I think one of the key parts of the support is the ability for us to, from a third party observer perspective, ask the questions that can then, because you as the coachee has the, the context and the content to then help make those links. Yeah, the reflection back, the reframing of what you said, or something that we hear that they can't, because it seems like, and obviously I've been coached a million times. I have coaches too. I think coaches yes. should have coaches, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that, and I always love when, you know, I'm working with someone and a coach asks me a question. I'm like, I'm not going to answer that. I know, I know what you're doing. Like, I just don't want to answer your question. <laughs> then, you know, it's a good one, right? You know, when the people are like, mm, it's hard. If you feel the question, then you know, yeah, that's a good question, right? (laughs) So this is awesome. So everyone beyond small talk communities, thank you, Vidya, talking about sharing your story, soul goals. You're reminding us of what we were like as a child in our conviction. Thank you for that. And explaining the gap is and really where um, video services can be so incredibly helpful. She is so good at what she does and she will help you move um, in obtaining your soul goals. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. I get so much energy out of our conversations and the Beyond Small Talk audience. So I'm always happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's just an entryway of her coming back again. Um, And again, her handle is video.r.warrior. And I'll also um, add your Soul Goal Workbook link, uh, just if anybody needs to circle back and go download that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Beyond Small Talk community. Remember, this is bonus episode number two, only on your favorite pod. So check us out on your favorite pod. Thank you so much. Bye.